You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be so overwhelmed by the truth of your Son, Jesus, that we might be given over wholly to him. In Jesus' name, amen. In the brief time that we have this morning, I would like for us to look at the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us found in the fifth chapter of John's first epistle. What implications are there for the non-believer and the believer in Jesus? Uh, According to John, this truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us makes all the difference in the world. It is the ultimate truth upon which the history of the world turns, and it's also the ultimate truth that determines our own personal stories. There's no doubt that the Bible proclaims that Jesus is Lord and Savior. He is God the Son, God become man who has lived a sinless life in perfect obedience to the Father. He has come into the world for one reason and one reason only, to save sinners. Sin is very real and is the reason why there is a great insurmountable gulf between humanity and God. It deserves condemnation. It deserves death. But Jesus takes upon himself the punishment due you and me. He becomes sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He dies that we might live. However, death was not the final word. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the tomb. And for the believer, we share in this victory. Jesus ascended where he now sits at the right hand of God the Father. And he will come again to reign. This is the great truth that the Bible speaks of. And the truth that John says is life-altering. And yet it is a truth that is lost on many of us. According to Pew Research, 89% of Americans believe in God. And in Alabama, 97% of Alabamians believe in God. It's really hard to find someone who is actually an atheist in Alabama. And yet there's a disconnect between the number of people who believe in God and the number of people who publicly declare or are willing to tell Pew Research that they're trusting in Jesus Christ and they have a personal relationship with Him. There's a difference. Many people come to church, live upright moral lives, and even seek to honor God and yet have no relationship with Jesus. And the irony is in the very act of attempting godliness in one's own life, they've made God out to be a liar. For they're trying to seek God out apart from his son, Jesus. And so this morning I pose the question to you. Do you believe in God in the abstract? Do you believe in him like you believe in gravity? That is, you acknowledge his existence, even his activity in the world, but you really don't know him at all. 
And we hear it from preachers. Oh, you don't need Jesus to get into heaven. You don't need Jesus to have a relationship with God. But such talk makes God out to be a liar, John says. But not only that, to believe such things means that you are lying to yourself. There's a great mistake that we make as Christians when we talk about eternal life like John does here. We tend to think of eternal life as something that happens after we die. Well, we become Christians here in this world and we just kind of muddle along and then we die and then we go to be with the Lord. And that's true to an extent, but what we don't realize is that eternal life begins the moment that you enter into a life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ here and now. You don't wait to enjoy the benefits of salvation after you die. Jesus in John 10.10 says, I have come that they might have life and life to the full. And John is echoing that, echoing that. If you want to know life, if you want to exhaust life of its potential... You must know Jesus. Otherwise, there's a ceiling in your life that you'll never, ever be able to break through on this side. To exhaust life of its potential, you must know the Lord Jesus Christ. To know life at all, you must know the Lord Jesus Christ. To know God, you must know him because life is in him. And so this is hard. Even for some of us who are Christians who often don't experience the joy that we may have experienced when we were first converted. And we long to reconnect in that way. Brothers and sisters, how many of us live defeated, downtrodden lives, even as Christians? And I deal with people on a daily basis who someone has helped me out with and given me a term for them. They're called cave people. Complain about virtually everything. (laughs) And they're believers. And I do it too. Rather than being grateful and content, there's a prayer point for you. I think that I lack things. Instead of trusting that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want And so if knowing Jesus means knowing God, means knowing life, and that this is the most important truth that has ever been conveyed in the history of the world, should it not have implications for the life of the Christian and for the life of our church? John Wesley, who grew up the son of a pastor in 18th century England, went to Oxford to train for ministry, and while he was there, he started Bible studies and visited prisoners and went to orphanages. Even after his ordination, went to Georgia, where he served as a missionary. And yet it wasn't until after his failed missionary experience that he was back in London. And he found himself in a Moravian prayer meeting. And someone was reading from Martin Luther's preface to the epistles to to the Romans. And for the first time in his life, Wesley said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. He grew up in the church, trained for ministry in the church, 
was a missionary, had done all the good works that he thought that God had required of him. But that night on Aldersgate Street, he realized he was the 97% Alabamian who was ready to say, I believe in God, but realized he didn't know God at all. The relationship with Jesus was never personal until that night. And here's how he describes his life after becoming a believer. The Spirit of God so works upon the soul by his immediate influence and by a strong though inexplicable operation that the stormy wind and troubled waves subside and there is a sweet calm, the heart resting in the arms of Jesus and the sinner being clearly satisfied that God is reconciled and that all his iniquities are forgiven and his sins covered. There is no greater joy, no greater life-impacting truth than who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for you. It makes all the difference. It's the difference between life and death And it's the difference between life and death, even while we're alive here on earth. Has this truth of Jesus Christ overwhelmed you? This deep, deep love of Jesus. Do you know his love? Have you experienced eternal life through him? If you've only thought of God in the abstract, turn to him this morning. Believe upon him and have life. And for the believer that may have lost their joy, that gets sidetracked by all the things of this world, fix your eyes upon him and pray that his spirit would so overwhelm you that you were lost in wonder, love, and praise of him. Let us pray. Lord, we were so far off. And yet you pursued us. And you found us. You overwhelmed us. Not because we deserved it, but simply because you love us full stop. And so, Lord, those who know you from a distance today would come to know you personally. And those of us who do know you personally this morning that feel that our hearts are at a distance that we long to know and feel just how deep your love is. Send your spirit to minister to us and open our eyes to your grace and your mercy and be so transformed by your truth that we might have our eyes fixed upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.